Hello. As some of you may know, my cousin Andrew Roberts is a Flutie Fellow, which is a part of the Doug Flutie Jr. Foundation for Autism. This has inspired me to get involved with the Flutie Foundation, which helps people and families affected by autism live life to the fullest. If you're a football fan like myself and Andrew, consider buying a Flutie Flakes Mixed 12 Pack for your next tailgate. All proceeds go to the Flutie Foundation, and the link to purchase is in the description of this episode. The annual Flutie 5K is on October 16th at Lookout Farm in Natick, Massachusetts. If you'd like to run to support this cause, the link to register is also in the description of this episode. Finally, if you would like to contribute to this cause directly, the link to donate to the Flutie Foundation is the first link in the description of this episode. Please help me and Andrew support this great cause. Thank you and enjoy the episode. Hello and welcome back to another episode of The Master Plan. I'm your host, Michael Filipkowski. Joining me, ready for week two, Andrew Roberts. Andrew, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good. It was very exciting slated games yesterday. We saw Monday Night Football tonight, but... I mean, I, I, would say, I would say week one was the story of Either you had a guy who absolutely went off, or you had a guy who did nothing. Yeah, I had one team. This is in my main league here at Ithaca. I had so I had Jalen Hurts and DeAndre Swift, who had amazing games, and then I also had Mike Williams, Allen Robinson, and Cole Komet, who all had three points or less. So right. That was kind of a yeah. I I feel like I had I I feel like I had a similar week. I had Joe Mixon, who put up 21, Cooks, who had 15, Amon Ra, who had 20. Then I had Kamara, who had 7, Hooper, who had 2, Robinson, who had 2, Niners defense, 6, Justin Tucker, 6. I mean, it's like, you you know what I'm saying? Like Our league, it's going to be close for me because I have... I'm down by 12. I have Sutton and Rocket. My opponent has Metcalf and McManus, so I think I could go either way. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that's the story of this week. It's just been, it's just it been wild. So, without yeah. further ado, now for going looking into next week, these are some players you should pick up. You know, maybe to round out. You know, some of those take out those low end players, put these yeah. guys in because they had a good weekend. Um, and let's start out. We have we have a combined list. So we're gonna give Andrew and I are probably gonna say like give thirty seconds each per player. So it's like quick, bam, bam, bam. We're gonna get right through it because there are a lot of guys. All right, running backs. Zach Moss. Um, I think the the Bills ought, like rushing game is a lot better than people thought. I like Zach Moss. I think that they do a lot of stuff with Devin Singletary. But I feel like Zach Moss is going to be worked in a lot more. Yeah. Now, on early downs, it looked like Devin Singletary is going to be the guy who's much more efficient. But the most valuable thing in fantasy football is a running back that can catch passes. And Zach Moss caught six of them Thursday night. I think he has a stronghold on that third down role, at least until James Cook gets up to speed with the offense. Right, and James Cook fumbled too, so he, you know, definitely some concerns yeah, I think there. Moss fumbled too, but they trust him as at least a third down. Right. Back, whereas Cook is going to need time for any role on this team. So for now, Zach Moss could be a good flex play. Pick him up. 
All right, Rex Burkhead. Um, Damian Pierce did not get the amount of carries that I and many other people thought. I think yeah, his, be, his stock went way down. Rex Burkhead, again, he's a guy who can definitely get the job done. Um, he's not going to you know win you weeks, but he's definitely not going to lose you weeks. He's a solid pickup. I like Rex Burkhead. That's what I'll say about this Texas backfield. I am buying low on Pierce because I think Week one against the Colts defense is not really accurate to what he's going to be the rest of the season. However, j- just like Zach Moss, just like we talked, there's a lot of running backs who have a safe hold on that third down role that's going to give him fantasy value. And I think that's Burkhead's consistent role in that offense. I don't see him getting 14 carries again next week, but he got eight targets. That's the second most behind Brandon Cooks. Right, and and that's that tw- and that's 22 total touches. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. like. Like he's getting a lot of looks. Pierce is going to get his chance as well, but I think there's room for both of them to have their own roles. The Texans did tie the Colts. Maybe they're not as bad as everyone said. Well, excuse me. I said that they weren't going to be that bad, Andrew, so that's on you. Um, all right, <laughs> next up, Jeff Wilson Jr. So, listen, Elijah Mitchell's out. He could be out for a while. Um, Jeff Wilson's the clear two, I think, so he's going to be the clear one. I think it's a pretty simple pickup for him. Yeah. The way to describe Mitchell, like I've I've been the owner of it many times. It's inconsistent, unreliable, and always injured. <laughs> yeah. But as for Jeff Wilson, I think the 49ers have always kind of run with the hot hand and this offense or the healthy hand in this case. Right. And with Mitchell out, Jeff Wilson steps into an immediate workhorse role. I think he's a good RB2 play right away. I'm picking him up in any league I had Mitchell in. Mm-hmm. So that'll be a good plug-and-play replacement. Right yeah, next up, uh, and this is this is kind of a, a smaller name, Jalen Warren, backup running back for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, you know, with Najee's potential injury, this could be an absolute steal based on usage. Now, he's probably not going to get you know, the same points that Najee's getting. But definitely a good pickup, especially going into this week. Yeah. Here's the thing. I would be keeping a close eye on Najee's status this week. My my advice would be to pick up Warren for now. And then if Najee is ruled active, you can drop Warren, pick up a new defense for the week, something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So just some You got options. You got options. Najee Harris is not going to play this week. He would be a good Kind of uh, absolutely I, I i agree with you on that um all right wide receivers Corey davis um again oh, i yeah, i think we have some more running backs before we oh right okay okay yeah, 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 you're yeah right. that was all the one o'clock and before guys i added some more as the day went on yeah all right uh yeah. all right brandon bolden andrew why don't you take this one yeah so bolden I'm not as high on him now as I was when I first saw the game, but it looks like like we were expecting Amir Abdul to kind of be the third down compliment to Jacobs. Yesterday, it was Bolden. That could be a valuable rule. The only thing is, it seems like the Raiders are going to be fairly pass-heavy. going to be Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller. Yeah. I don't know how many targets exactly are going to go to the running backs, but Bolden might be worth a bench stash just in case. Yeah, Eno Benjamin. Um, I actually did not hear this name out yesterday. Yeah, um, because kind of flew under the radar. But if you look at the Cardinals' touches, right? No, Tom, yeah, yeah. 
yeah, James Conner had a total of 15 touches. You know, Benjamin had a total of seven. He definitely had a cut in that offense. And he had three receptions for 33 yards. So I think both Conner and Benjamin are going to be getting targets. And when multiple running backs are targeted significantly within the offense, you can have multiple fantasy relevant backs. Right, and, and, and that is a concern for all James Conner you know, owners, right? Yeah. I mean, I still think James Conner's going to get the red zone work, the goal line work, and that'll keep him relevant. But Benjamin is going to be a pest in this backfield and could be a good guy to stash on your bench. That's why it's great to have running backs who are the only running back. On, I mean, I guess. Yeah, I guess I mean, it's very rare. It's very rare at this point. I yeah, I mean, Joe Mixon's position. a decent example, although Samaj P. Yeah. Ryan does take a, a yeah, lot of the. Yeah. Jonathan Taylor, he's so efficient that even with Hines having a role, he's still the best. Yeah, exactly, player. which is wild. Yeah. Um, all right, and then Dontrell Hilliard. This is a kind of a surprise. You wouldn't think that Tennessee would be a team that would, you know, have a, a, a running back option from fantasy, but he was absolutely stupendous yesterday. I mean, I don't know if it will be yeah. like this level, but he was great. Yeah, listen, like. Derrick Henry, I mean, he did try to catch some passes last year, but in the end, he ended up getting injured. So I think they're keeping Henry in a role he's comfortable with this year. And mm-hmm. Hilliard is taking the third down. Yesterday, it led to two touchdown passes. I don't think that'll necessarily happen every week. But if he's getting consistent receptions, he could be an additional option. Yeah, I think they're going to try. I think they're trying, at least it seems that they're trying to keep uh henry's touches to to uh like limit them yeah um so he stays healthy yeah i do think in the future like later into the season henry is going to get some touchdowns have his boom weeks like we all know must still be a high-end rb1 but that doesn't stop hilliard from having his moments as well absolutely all right wide receivers Corey davis um you know i think that Corey davis has a big slot in this new york uh, new york jets offense in in my opinion yeah, I mean, there wasn't really a clear-cut number one in this Jets. So everyone was talking up a lot more, but Davis got his share. Garrett Wilson is eventually going to get his share. But Corey Davis, of the three, is by far the least owned on fantasy rosters. I mentioned it before the season. I'll mention it again now. He's going to have – he's like I, – I know everyone's eyeing at the young receivers like more or less, but Corey Davis is reliable. A reliable veteran, he's still going to have a role in the Jets' offense. So I'd keep him on your roster, keep him on the bench at the very least. He could have a big week at some point. Yeah, and then Curtis Samuel, and I like Curtis Samuel right now. Um, I think that Washington, now they did, I mean, I don't know if they'll be playing this good on offense for the rest of the season, but I feel like this year compared to last year, they're using Curtis Samuel in a much not in, in in the way that he's designed to be used. He's yes. he's definitely more of a gadget guy, and I think especially towards the red zone, he's gonna be an absolute steal. Like if you if you're inside the far five yard line, like he's such a dangerous guy because he could run with the football. He could he could you know catch the football. Um, yeah. he, he can do multiple different things, and I do like the way they're using him. I think that Curtis Samuel. Depending on the week, especially against like weaker defenses, I feel like he can definitely have some boom weeks go over 20 a couple yes, of times. Yes. Now, this is, yeah. Uh, of all these waiver guys, I think Curtis Samuel is one of my favorites. You see Jahan Dotson catching all the touchdowns. I don't think that's sustainable. But Curtis Samuel, I expected him to have this kind of like RB2 slash wide receiver two role last year in this Washington offense. 
he was hurt most of last year, and now this year they're finally not only was he in that role, but he actually led the team in targets. He was there. He was Carson Wentz's go-to guy in the slot. Eight receptions, fifty-five yards, and a touchdown. And then behind Antonio Gibson had a significant rushing role. Also, I think that makes him a really valuable flex play. When you have versatile guys like this, they always fly under the radar in fantasy football, especially PPR. So he's going to be an asset. Pick him up as soon as you can. This is mm-hmm. one of my favorites. Yeah, and then we have Donovan Peoples-Jones. Um, you know, I, I think that, honestly, yesterday when I was watching um, – excuse me, yesterday when I was watching Donovan Peoples-Jones, right, should I just call him Donovan at this point? <laughs> Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, you, you notice that Jacoby Brissett's actually pretty pretty capable, honestly, um, passing the football. And, you know, I, I again, I think that his – depending on the defense, it will definitely impact. But I think that Amari Cooper definitely being a possession receiver opens it up for Donovan Peoples-Jones to really extend plays all over the field, um, be that deep threat receiver that, that Cleveland will probably really like to have this season. I don't think it was a Cleveland success at all, to be honest. I think it's really about the fact that, I mean, Amari Cooper's a good receiver, but it just seems like Jacoby Brissett seems to favor Donovan Peoples-Jones. He has more chemistry with DPJ over Amari Cooper. I do think Cooper's going to have his weeks. I but, like, it's not like Cooper was facing some elite corner in Carolina. If Cooper was Brissett's favorite, he would have led the team in targets. And Peoples Jones blew him away in that department, eleven to six. So I, I think as long as Brissett's at quarterback, Peoples Jones might even be a better pickup than Amari Cooper. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. So next up on our list, we have Devin Duvernay, and this was actually a big surprise because I, I, I did like Rashad Bateman going into the season. People right. Talk about Isaiah like too is their third target but i think it's stupid yeah i mean he he definitely seems to be a red zone target and stuff like that i mean yeah and i don't think it's necessarily just the red zone i think he's like their number three guy behind andrews and bateman he's gonna be a reliable slot option we never really saw him pan out in his first two seasons but he's always had the talent he was good at texas so i think he's gonna carve out some kind of consistent role in this Baltimore offense. Maybe not another 21-point game next Yeah, year. I don't know if he'll, I don't know if he'll ex- yeah. exactly be, be that. Like a decent flex play on a good week. Yeah, so, I, I honestly think the there are a lot of pauses. I do think, again, it depends on the defense that he's playing against. Um, but, yeah. I mean, there, there is some stuff to like. I feel like yeah. target share... He, yeah. That yeah. Yeah, I mean, he was he was good, and and I honestly feel like the Ravens didn't pass that much yesterday, anyway. So I feel like he could get more receptions, maybe not as yeah. many touchdowns. So their top target, Mark Andrews, he only had seven targets. Nobody else had more than that. That's not an offense that's passing much. And right, pass more at other times. All right, other wide receivers, Sterling Shepard, and honestly, listen, you all know that I I've trashed on Daniel Jones pretty much since he's been in the league. Um, I think you have to give it Yesterday, he was pretty good. I got to admit, when I was watching him play, I was like, okay, that's a good throw, though. Like, that's like, 
that's like a solid throw. He made some plays that I was like, that is much better. Um, now, do I think he's going to get re-signed? I mean, I don't know. It depends. But he's definitely more serviceable. Sterling Shepard's a very talented wide receiver, very underrated. Um, I think he's a playmaker too. So to me, I like this pickup. I think that New York is going to be passing the ball. I mean, you know, Saquon's not getting, you know, 150 yards every week, right? So I feel like Sterling Shepard can get you, you know, six for 60 a week. I mean, I think I think that's possible. Yeah. I mean, I think, like, with Daniel Jones, they were like, the offense will have helped you last year. Fine, we'll give him one more year. And so far, if he keeps playing like this, he's proving that maybe we did deserve that one last chance. And its I don't think it's Galladay or Kadarius Tony, like everyone's talking about, that's going to be his number one guy. It's looking like Sterling Shepard is his go-to. So I think that makes Shepard a good pickup. Could be a good flex play on certain weeks, but he's, Jones is still spreading the ball around, so I wouldn't get too optimistic. Definitely worth the pickup, though. Yeah, I mean, I think that Sterling Shepard has always been kind of that go-to guy on the New York Giants. Um, yeah, just he's like even after Galladay was signed, they still prefer Shepard. Yeah. All right, next up we have Kyle Phillips, a guy that I love. I mean, this guy came out of nowhere yesterday. And and I honestly, I don't even know why um, it's him. Like, I, I have Austin Hooper. Robert Woods is on this team. Yeah. Like, there are guys who are, like, pretty talented. And it seemed like this guy, Kyle Phillips, was the guy yesterday. I mean, he got PPR God, it seemed like, number 18. Yeah. Now, I can't really explain the Austin Cooper thing, but Traylon Burks was struggling all yeah. preseason. Robert Woods still coming off the ACL. You do have to remember that. And then Kyle Phillips was shining throughout camp. So I think that, like, gives him the edge, so at least – in the short term, while Burks and Woods get up to speed, be the top receiver in this offense. I think he's one of the best pickups for the short term. If you need a guy who can fill in right now and be a flex or even have WR2 upside, Kyle Phillips is your man. Yeah, I mean, I honestly think that Kyle Phillips has a lot of upside. I feel like he's going to get a lot of receptions, and I almost feel like they didn't really pass in the red zone too much. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. Tennessee wasn't prevalent in the red zone as much and they didn't score that many points off of touchdowns. So I feel like he's definitely a definite threat there. And then finally, yeah. DeAndre Carter slash Josh Palmer. Well, not finally, but I believe two of our last guys. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was unreal who was getting the ball yesterday yeah. in, 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 in LA. And here's what I think. Keenan Allen is out. Like he's he's out next week. Um, Mike Williams yeah, is a short week. Mike Williams was barely targeted, and I feel like that's probably not going to change. Like I'm not really sure why Mark Mike Williams wasn't targeted at all. It's to me not like the the Raiders have great, you know, great second, you know, great second. Let me check, Andrew. You talk about these two guys. I'm gonna actually check no, on PFF the, the right now. Secondary is not that good. I think I have. A reasonable explanation though i mean we'll see if this pans out but my suspicion here mike williams has always been a boomer bust kind of guy my, my theory is that in games where the chargers are winning comfortably most of the game 
that's not when they like to use Mike Williams. They like to use Mike Williams when they're in crisis mode, playing from behind. I mean, that's true, but he was a pretty. That's when he's gonna have his moments. When the consistent role in this offense is usually gonna be Keenan Allen, but with Allen out, I think DeAndre Carter, Josh Palmer are gonna split kind of the Keenan Allen role. Mike Williams will have his big weeks, but like can kind of have more uh, better level of consistency from whoever's playing that hour role. Now, it's kind of hard to gauge which one of these guys is going to be the better pickup because, I mean, Palmer had a role even before Allen got hurt and Carter kind of emerged later. But I, we'll see here. I, I'm, I'm, like, on the fence between these two guys. I stash him on the bench and then yeah i mean you really can't stash bro i like i like palmer a little bit better personally i think that he's gonna get more targets just because the history he's had when guys have got hurt he's always been that next man up kind of guy yeah i mean oh um and then tight ends um i don't know if we mentioned him um i have one more to add to the list um and actually we'll start off with him oj howard um, I can't believe we didn't think about him. Caught two touchdowns yesterday, Andrew. I mean, he was yeah. unreal. And here's the thing. I, 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 you look at the Texas offense pre-OJ Howard, right? Yeah. It's literally just Brandon Cooks. That I mean, let's be honest, right? Brandon Cooks awesome. I love him on fantasy. Like, he's awesome. But I think that Brandon Cooks and, and OJ Howard help each other. Um, I think that you know, first off, it doesn't mean that you can just double team Brandon Cooks all day. You have another guy to worry about. OJ Howard is very talented. Um, and he's a red zone threat. Um, I know he caught two, two tidies yesterday. I don't think he's going to catch that many, but it's also the Colts defense. Like they're going to play worse defenses than the Colts. So OJ Howard's temper expectations there though. Just like, I mean, it's very hard as a tight end to have a consistent, well, he, he seems very touchdown dependent to me. Well, I mean, it's only two weeks in, but you, you got to think to yeah. yourself that, or only one weekend, but you got to think that he definitely plays a role in this offense. It wouldn't have just, you know, yeah. gone to him. I definitely think he plays a role. The question is, is it big enough to be a fantasy relevant for? I mean, they really wanted him, though. He, they really want. I know he yeah, only caught two. Right. Now, he only caught two passes, but it's, it's definitely worth a mention, at least. He's All right. Yeah. Than any of the other guys behind the right so. All right, Hayden Hurst. Uh, I thought he was excellent yesterday. I loved Hayden Hurst, especially now yeah. that Higgins is out. I think Hayden Hurst could have a huge role. He's Uzama's gone, so Hayden Hurst is that guy. And I think Hayden Hurst is more dynamic and a much better pass catcher than Uzama. Much better. Yeah. Now, I was talking about Tyler Boyd at one point, but he is already owned in a lot of leagues. Can't really call him a waiver pickup. Hayden Hurst, though. I mean, you can talk about the catches he did make, but he was targeted eight times. That's like, he he was, I I think, the third most targeted behind Chase and Nixon in that offense. He's definitely, I think the tight end, Joe Burrow likes his tight end. He's going to have a significant role here. And with Higgins out, that gets even bigger. Absolutely agree with that. Next up, Taysom Hill, the scourge to Alvin Kamara. Um, I really like Taysom Hill, and I think that there's a lot of upside with Taysom Hill. Um, and I think that Mike Thomas being back actually helps him because yeah. now 
Mike Thomas and Jarvis Landry. Oh, Taysom Hill can get open. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's definitely a yeah, big help. Exactly. I think, like, Taysom Hill, like, you can call him a tight end, but he is, he, I think he's a fantasy cheat code. He does it all, and to put that into your tight end position where there aren't that many reliable options, he could be an instant starter in that position. Right. Um, yeah, I'm definitely looking into him as a pickup in leagues where my tight ends are weaker. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I, I think he definitely is going to have his moments. The Saints value him in the offense no matter how undefined his role is. Yeah, and I also think yeah. that yesterday's game didn't even suit him. He didn't get that many touches. Yeah, um, he, he was not targeted that much. You saw mostly rushing out of him. But right. he's going to get his receiving work too. I think once they work in Alvin Kamara better – into the system, I feel like that's going to, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's going to change the yeah. way the offense the flows. The run defense is better than people give it credit for. Yeah. Like Brady Jarrett, uh, Deion Jones, uh, you could have a bounce back here that would make it even better. Yeah, and then two final guys. Um, Randall Cobb is one of them. I, I know he had a really poor week in week one. Um, honestly, I feel like he's, He's a, he's a possession receiver, and Rodgers trusts him Alan a lot. Lazard was out. I think Lazard is the number one. I do, which I think is good for Randall Cobb, because I think that Alan Lazard is a really poor number one wide receiver. So now you're giving Cobb the number two cornerback, especially on a team like Chicago or Tampa Bay. I feel like a slot receiver like him, cash money. Just like, looking at the guys that out-targeted him yesterday, you have A.J. Dillon, Romeo Dobbs, Robert Tunyon, Christian Watson, and Aaron Jones all had more targets. Sammy Watkins. I, I think it's back. worth a stash. And the same thing about I, Logan I think Thomas. He's too far down the death chart. And the same thing about Logan Thomas. Like, I feel like he did not get. Like, listen, here's the thing. John Dawson's not catching two touchdowns every week, right? You yeah, know who is? Logan Thomas is your red zone threat, especially on. Like, I feel like Washington's a pretty small team, right? Curtis Samuel, Terry McLaurin. Uh, Jahan, like these guys aren't big wide receivers. They're not like Mike Williams. Logan Thomas, your big wide receiver, big big receiving target, and in the red zone, that's going to be big. I like him. I think he gets he gets a lot of targets. Um, I like him. Yeah, decent bench stash. The only thing is, like, I think he's behind McLaurin here. I think he's behind Curtis Samuel here, and Antonio mm-hmm. Gibson's looking like he's going to have. A significant pass catching. To be fair, he that is coming off a he's coming target. off a torn ACL, so there's yeah, definitely some, true. you know, definitely some. Uh, you know, he's got to work up to it. But all right, yeah. prayers up for George Kittle. Hopefully, he can play a game this season. Otherwise, my fantasy season yeah. is over. Um, thank you to Andrew for coming on. Briefly, would like to talk about the Flutie Foundation. The Flutie Five K is I well, October sixteenth, I believe. Um, I think it is. I think it is. I'm like, I said at the beginning of the show, uh, Foodie 5K is coming up. It's in October. Um, it is October 16th. See, I, I'm good with dates. Um, if you're in, you know, Massachusetts and you're near um, Natick Mass, near, um, what's the name of the farm? It's Lookout Farm. Lookout Farm. Please sign up, register. It's a great time. Um, if you can donate, donate. Flutie, uh, the Flutie Flakes 12-pack beer. You know, if you're going to tailgate, Andrew, you might as well do it right, all right? Got to buy that Flutie Flakes beer. 
that will be in the link in the description yeah. of this episode all goes to a good cause everybody as i've said in the past couple episodes i support causes that are worth supporting this is one of them um great cause so please donate everything helps or run in the flutie 5k it's a lot of fun um and, and it's and it's a race for a great cause so uh yeah thank you so much thank you andrew for joining us here today he'll be back next week i don't know what we'll be doing next week maybe a stardom sit him maybe uh something i don't know we're kind of keeping it very flex right now what we're doing in this half an hour period that we have every week um but we have him for the whole season so he's booked thank you all for listening and have a great day